First John chapter five, verse four. What we've been talking about is the importance of loving yourself and making a distinction between how the world says to love yourself and how the Bible says to. Because there's been a lot said about loving yourself by the world. And they're telling you, you know, love yourself, you know, treat yourself. Come on, amen. And they're telling you, live your best life. And it really is about loving yourself in a selfish sense. And so we're not talking about that. We're talking about how to love yourself uh, the way the Bible tells us to. And the Bible says the greatest thing you can do for yourself is lay down your life and pick up your cross and follow Jesus. Can I get an amen on that? The greatest thing you can do is give up control of your life and pick up the life that Christ has for you. So we've been talking about that and what that looks like. And last week, we kind of pivoted a little bit and started talking about the greatest thing you can do for yourself is build your faith, okay? It's one of the greatest things you can do. And most Christians, we treat our faith like a spare tire. In other words, it's in the trunk, you know it's there, but you don't care about it until you're in trouble. Can I get an amen on that? And that is how some of us treat our faith. Like, we don't care. We're not feeding it. We're not taking care of it. We're not, we're not cultivating it. But boy, do we need it when we get in trouble. Boy, do we need it when the doctor gives you a, a diagnosis and says, you'll never, you'll always have this problem. Or, or they call and they say, well, you're, you have cancer. Or you have this thing and you have that thing. Then we want to pull out our faith and go, God, do something. And unfortunately, sometimes it's too late. Jesus talked about having little faith, having no faith. And he told the centurion, you have great faith. And here's the thing. The choice is up to you. You can't blame your pastor if you have little faith. You can't blame your husband, your wife, your kids. It's on you. Tell your neighbor it's on you. And so we got to start. If you're loving yourself, you got to build up your faith. Now look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. Here we go. It says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Y'all see that? Are you born of God? I can't hear you. Are you born of God? If you're born of God, you can overcome the world and all the challenges that come to you and I in the world. Now, what are some of those challenges? Sickness and disease. You can overcome. Poverty. You can overcome. Limitations of any sort. You can overcome. But how do we overcome it if we're born of God? Look what it says. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. You ready? Our faith. Our faith. How do you overcome loneliness? By faith. How do you overcome sickness and disease? By faith. How do you overcome poverty? By faith. 
How do you overcome addiction? By faith. Anything you're facing can be overcome if you can just have faith. Now, here's the big question, right? What is faith? And if you've been a part of this church any amount of time, you've heard me tell you time and time again, and I will continue to tell you time and time again, uh, because the Bible says that faith comes by hearing, not having heard. And this is the problem with the American church. You think because you hear something one time that you have faith for it. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says in order to really have faith grow in your life, you have to hear something over and 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 over again. Because faith comes by hearing, not having heard. Now, the problem with the American church is we make our pastors every week get up and teach us something new, pastor. Give me a new sermon, pastor. Tell me something I don't know, pastor. And when you hear something or your pastor gets up and says, okay, turn in your books to, uh, turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 11, you go, oh, I heard this already. And you think because you've heard it already that it doesn't apply to you. But let me tell you something. When you've heard something already and God is saying it again, that means you need to hear it again. If I get up here and I say, this is what we're talking about, don't ever say, oh, well, I know this already. No, 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 no. Key in a little more because what your God is saying to you is, I need to remind you of this. I need to tell you to do this again because you're not doing it or because you've weakened in your faith. Are you tracking with me today? And so the Bible is saying here that you're going to overcome whatever you're going to overcome in this world by faith. Now, where is your faith? Do you have faith? Well, is your faith strong? Is it weak? Well, let's find out here. But first, we got to talk about what faith is. Now, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. If you're going to love yourself, you got to take care of your faith. Why? Because 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7 says this, and you've all heard this before and you all know this. We walk by faith, not by sight. In the kingdom of God, you and I are instructed to walk by faith, not by what we see or feel. Now, guys, this goes against everything the world teaches us. The world operates another way. The world operates through senses. And that's why the world is so confused. Because if you feel a certain way, people chase their feelings and respond to their feelings. And let me tell you something about your feelings. Your feelings will lie to you. Your feelings will tell you, nobody loves me. Your feelings will tell you, I'm so alone. Nobody cares about me. Nobody loves me. Nobody, nobody's thinking about me. And you know what? It may feel that way. But it's not true. Because let me tell you somebody who loves you. God loves you. Can I tell you somebody else who loves you? I love you. Your mama loves you. Come on, somebody. Your daddy loves you. Come on. Your greasy-haired granny loves you. I don't know if you, you know what I'm saying. Your kids love you. Your man loves you. Oh, no, he don't. He's there, ain't he? Right. 
Your woman loves you. She's there, ain't she? You see what I'm saying? Your feelings can get you feeling all kinds of ways. Your feelings will lie to you. They'll tell you things like people don't care, people don't love you. But I guarantee if you take time to look at evidence, you will see there's a lot of people that care about you. There's a lot of people that love you, even if it feels like they don't. Are you tracking with me today? And I'm not even going to get into all these other feelings that the world's all about. Talking about I feel this way or I feel that way. You know, I saw a thing on, online uh, uh, on my feed. There was a guy in Japan that built himself a dog uh, uniform or, or a costume so he can walk around because he feels like a dog. <laughs> Feelings were lie to you. You're not a dog, sir. You're a human being. But I feel like a dog. You see, are you tracking me? Feelings will mislead you. Feelings will have you feeling things that are not true. That is why the Bible tells us in the kingdom of God, we don't walk by how we feel and we don't walk by what we see. We walk by faith. Now, that goes contrary to how the world does things. And we all come out of the world. And we're taught from when we're a child to walk by what we see. But the Bible says, let's look over at, first, uh, at Colossians 1, 13 and 14. The Bible teaches us in Colossians 1, look what it says. It says, for Jesus has delivered us from the power of darkness and he has conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of his sins. You know what all that means? Jesus not only delivered you from sin, he puts you in a new kingdom and he gives you papers. Come on. He gives you citizenship in the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. How many know what I'm talking about? So you are not a visitor to the kingdom of God. You are not an illegal alien to the kingdom of God. You got papers. Come on. Amen. How many know what I'm talking about there? Some of y'all, I wish I had papers in the natural, pastor. We'll get you. We'll get you there. We'll get you there. Jesus has translated you into the kingdom of God. So here's what we've got to learn. You need to catch this today. You need to understand this, that in the kingdom of God, the rules are different. The laws are different. What worked in the world does not work in the kingdom. And until you understand this, you will be saved, but still live like a sinner. You can have an inheritance from God, but still be broke, busted, and can't even be trusted. Amen. You'll still live like that, even though you got God's blessing on your life. And so until you understand, wait a minute, I'm not a citizen of this world. Now that Jesus has saved me, he's made me a new creature in Christ. I am now in the kingdom of God. I better take time to learn the laws of the kingdom. And anybody that's ever traveled knows every country has different laws and they don't care that you're American. If you go to Trinidad and Tobago and you wear uh, 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 pants that are camouflaged or you wear a camouflage shirt, they could fine you or even arrest you because it is illegal to wear camouflage clothing on the streets. And every time we take a missions team, I tell them, don't bring camouflage to Trinidad and Tobago because I don't feel like bailing you out. Because they're not going to say, oh, you're American. Sorry, we did not know. If anything, they'll make you pay double the fine because they think you got money. How many are tracking with me today? If you go to Singapore, I was just in Singapore with my son Diego this past summer, and I learned a new law. A gentleman took us out to a food court in like a mall area, and as we were eating our food, he said, now let me tell you something. When you're done with your food, you need to go over to that station over there, and you need to clear your tray, 
and make sure you put any leftover food in this bin and put your trash in this bin and rinse your bowl and stack it on this thing. And I thought, wow, that's, that's a lot. He goes, I said, hey, no problem. He goes, no, no, you don't understand. Make sure you do that. He goes, because if you do not, we just passed a new law in our country that you can be fined $150 for not picking up after yourself at the food court. I wish we had that here, amen? <laughs> Nasty folks just leaving everything everywhere. But, but that's the law in Singapore. That's why Singapore is one of the cleanest nations in the world, okay? And I don't get to say, oh, I'm American. This don't matter. No, I'm in a new kingdom. So I have to make sure, and I was with Diego. I was like, hey, let's get over there. I, I was on Diego too. Like, bro, you better get in there and risk that thing. I ain't paying your fee, you know? <laughs> you don't do this at home, so I ain't, doing, I ain't paying for you here. We had to adapt to the laws. And here's the thing I want you to catch today. As believers, we need to adapt to the laws of heaven. And one of the laws of heaven is the law of faith. Can I get an amen? amen. So let's look at what the law of faith is then. Romans chapter 3, verse 27, it says this. Where is boasting then? Is it excluded by what law? Of works? No. And here it is. But by the law of faith. So what the Bible is trying to teach us today is that faith is a law. And I said this last week. In the kingdom of God, you don't get what you want. You get what you can believe for. In the kingdom of God, all the crying in the world is not going to get you or get God to answer your prayer. There is one thing in the kingdom of God that gets God's attention, and that is faith. An individual's faith will cause the spirit of God to pass up one person and move right in your situation. And faith is a law. Now, why is that important? I want you to catch this. The reason faith being a law is so important is because laws don't care who you are. The law works for everybody. Amen? I'll give you, I'll give you an example. The law of gravity. The law of gravity works for everybody. The law of gravity doesn't care if you're a bank robber or you're a preacher. It works. The law of lift in which we fly, you know, get in airplanes and we're able to fly and operate because the law of lift lifts that aircraft in the sky so we can defy the laws of gravity. So there's a law of gravity. There's a law of lift. And here's the thing about those laws. It doesn't matter who you are. It will work for you. So here's the beauty of faith. Faith doesn't care who you are. It will work for you. But the problem is you still think like the world. And let me tell you how the world thinks. The world thinks like this. Well, if I can just be good and I can do good things, then God will pour out blessing on me. That's not how the kingdom of God works. God is glad you're good. And he's glad you're doing good things. And there are blessings to those things. But faith will work for everybody. Faith works for the guy like me who's been saved 34 years. And has been serving God with my heart. And has done great things for God. And faith works for you. Even though last night till about 1.30... You were at the mix in Midtown. <laughs> drinking slurricanes. <laughs> but here you are today. And I'm here to tell you. Faith will work for you. Amen. Because faith doesn't look at who you are. Or what you've done. It is a law that works for me as a preacher and a pastor 
just like it'll work for you, the slurricane, brother. <laughs> Some of y'all getting scared in here. Oh, man, who told him I was there last night? <laughs> you need to catch this today because, see, the world's mindset says this. Oh, yeah, God will answer pastor's prayers. Oh, yeah, God will, God will bless so-and-so. That's great. Yeah, God will bless, uh, you know, Jessica with a fiancé. Oh, that's great. Yeah, because they're good people. But me, I just got saved. I'm struggling. I've been in and out of church. Maybe God will bless me when I get it all together. No! The law of faith works for everybody. Are you tracking with me today? But you got to quit thinking that you got to earn this blessing. All you got to do is believe. Amen? Somebody say amen like you believe it. Because some of you have been believing the wrong thing. That's why you're not blessed. It's not because God don't love you. It's not because God don't want to give it to you. Remember, we walk by faith, not by sight. Remember, you're in a new kingdom. The kingdom of heaven works by laws and principles. The kingdom of this world works by merit. And that's why Jesus came and he said, you can't earn this thing. Salvation, you can't earn it. And I know some of you, you keep trying. You think, well, maybe if I sign up to serve, maybe if I tithe, maybe if I do this, uh, da, 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 if I do all these things, God will bless me. No. You know how God will bless you? If you have faith. He does it for preachers, and he does it for you that are still struggling with addiction. You that have been struggling just to get to church. He hears how you speak to your husband. He knows you haven't learned to stop cussing yet. He knows that you haven't got it all together yet. But guess what? Faith will work for you just like it'll work for me. So quit trying to get in there and be like, well, let me just get my life together, and then maybe God will bless me. No. God will bless you now if you can just believe. And the church said, Amen. why will that happen? Because it's a law. And laws do not respect people. A plane is going to fly through the law of lift if it's full of axe murderers and rapists the same way if it's filled with missionaries. Because the law doesn't look at the person the law functions because it's a law. Amen. And the Bible teaches us that faith is a law. So if you can have faith, I can have faith, we can tap into the blessing. And here's what the Bible said, and we just read it in 1 John, that if you and I can have faith, we can overcome the world. Are you tracking with me today? Yeah. And so let's break this down before I let you go. What is faith? What is faith? Well, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13 tells us plainly, and if you've been to this church for any amount of time, you've heard me say this. And these are principles that I learned many, 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 many years ago through my pastor, Pastor Charles Neiman, who I believe is one of the greatest faith teachers on the planet today. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. And since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written... I believe, and therefore I spoke. We believe, and we therefore speak. What does that scripture mean right there? I want you to write this down, and I don't want you to ever forget it. Faith is believing and speaking. Faith is believing and speaking. Say it with me. Faith is believing and speaking. Say it again. Faith is is believing and speaking. So anytime you see that word faith, you must understand what it means. So when we, we, what we just read in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, it says, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our believing and speaking. Believing and speaking is how you overcome Anything you're dealing with, believing and speaking. 
The warfare that's going on right now in your life is to get you to believe and speak. Believe and speak. And you've been believing the lies of the enemy for too long. And you've been speaking those lies for too long. You are never going to overcome any issues, any problems in your life until you learn what faith is. And today, you're in church so that I can tell you or remind you that faith is believing and speaking. Now, it may not mean much to you today, but if the doctors call you in this week and tell you you have cancer or they tell you you can never have a child and that has been your dream and they tell you you aren't going to live to see the age of 35, you now have a decision to make. Whose report will you believe? Will you believe what you see and what you hear and what the doctor says? Will you believe the facts or will you believe the word of the Lord? And now will you act on what you believe by believing and speaking? Faith is believing and speaking. And if you are not believing and speaking, you, my friend, are not in faith. And it could be why the things you're believing for are not happening. Because you are believing and hoping. Come on, ushers, help me out here. You are believing and hoping. You are hoping and praying. And a hoping and a praying ain't going to get it done. Believing and speaking is how you overcome. Amen? Amen. We are in a day and age that Christians believe more in their trauma than they believe the word of the Lord. They believe their trauma is stronger than God's deliverance. And we're conditioned. Well, I'll always be this way because of what happened to me when I was seven or eight. I beg to differ. If you can believe in God's word, you can have what you're believing for. And so this is what we need to be paying attention to is our faith and growing our faith and believing and speaking the right things. And some of you know this, but you never do it. So guess what? Faith is not working on your behalf. Are you tracking with me today? Can I show you some more scriptures to help you today? Amen. Look what it says. Uh, look what it says here in Mark chapter 11, 22 and 24. Now, 2 Corinthians 4 says it is we uh, since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. Now, Jesus preaches in Mark 11, 22 through 24. And look what he says. So Jesus answered them and said, have faith. In God. What is faith? So you can read it like this. Have believing and speaking in God. Be believing and speaking in God. Now, the original text actually reads this. It doesn't say have faith in God. It says have the God kind of faith. Or... Have the faith like God. And what the scriptures is telling you is this. You can have the same faith that God has. What kind of faith does God have? Well, read the book of Genesis. How did he create the world? He didn't get out tools. He didn't, he didn't get some things together and start hammering. And no, You know how he created the world? He spoke it. He believed it and he spoke it. He created the heavens by believing and speaking. He created man by believing and speaking. Right? He believed everything he did was through believing and speaking. And so Jesus says, have the faith of your daddy. Look what he says. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to the mountain. Now, what is the mountain? The mountain is whatever obstacle is in front of you. 
Maybe the mountain in your life is the ability to walk, the ability to have a child, the ability to overcome cancer, diabetes, whatever. Maybe that's the mountain. It says this, for I say to you, whoever says to the mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes in those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Did y'all hear that? Tell your neighbor, you can have what you say. I don't think they heard you. Tell them again. Oh, but tell them this too. But you got to believe. Just tell them that too. Jesus said, if you believe and you speak to the mountain, you can have what you're believing for. Well, I don't believe that. Then you'll never have it. That's why you got to be careful what kind of churches you go to. and What kind of preachers you listen to. I have a friend who believes, and he's a friend of mine. I love him. He's a believer, but not really. You know what he believes? He believes miracles have passed on, and the last miracles went away with the last apostles. They're called cessationists. And they believe that miracles, signs, and wonders have seceded from the body of Christ, and they're no more. A lot of churches believe that. Churches that you drove by to come to this one believe that. And it's a good thing you drove by them. You know why? Because they don't believe God's word in this manner. And these things will happen for those that believe. So if you go to a church that doesn't believe, they'll never happen for you. But you come to a church today that believes the full counsel of God's word. We believe God heals. Amen. My friend Eddie had a stroke a couple years ago, and we have not stopped believing that he will walk again. But can I tell you something? Believing's not enough. I got to have faith. He's got to have faith. What is faith? Over and over and over and over and over and over again. That's faith. Now, I want you to ask yourself today, what is it that you're believing God for? What is it that I I made a post yesterday? I said, make sure you bring your dreams to church today because I want to reignite them with some faith because some of you had a dream to get married someday and you've let that go by the wayside and you've stopped believing. I'm telling you today, if you can believe it and speak it, you can have it. And the church said, some of you had a dream to have a family. And the doctor said, you can't. Let me just blow on your dream today. If you can believe it and speak it, you can have it. Well, pastor, how can you say that? Guys, I'm not saying that. Mark 11, 22, 23, and 24 says it. Jesus said it. Our job is to build ourselves to the place where we actually believe it. Now, guys, I am not teaching you theory. Everything I have in life has come to me through believing and speaking. When I left Florida and gave up my house in a gated community and turned my car in that I was leasing... And left all that behind to move to Sacramento, California, where I had to live in my own, my old bedroom that I grew up in as a kid. I started believing and speaking for this right here. In 2006, I began to say, Father, I thank you that there will be a church that we plant in South Sacramento. And there will be people that come from all over Sacramento to the house of God. And they will get free from addictions. They will be healed of sickness. We will send people all over the world as missionaries. We will preach the gospel from the neighborhood to the... I began to speak this in 2006. At 19 years old, when I was broke, was a bad student, couldn't even keep my room clean. 
And God said, I'm sending you to the nations. I said, amen, God. I started using my faith. Then I started walking my bedroom floor saying, God, I thank you that I have money to buy tickets to go to different countries and preach the gospel. And my mind would say, how are you going to get the money? I would say, I don't know how I'm going to get the money. But God, you are going to provide. Everything that I have, I believe and spoke. When I was single for eight years and all my friends were getting married, I would go drive my car out to this area. It was like a construction area and I would put my worship on and I would walk around my car saying, Father, I thank you that you got a wife for me. And Father, I believe you got a wife for me. And while I'm at it, I know she's fine, God. I'm just going to throw that in there, God. She's perfect for me. She looked good. She got lips, hips, and fingertips, Lord. I know you got that for me, Lord God. I know. I would, I, you, you guys laugh. But I would go out there whenever I would feel lonely and feel like, dang, that's taking forever. I wouldn't go out and say, God, what? where are you? What's happening? I would say, no, you know what, God? I believe, and therefore I speak. I believe, and therefore I speak. And then I remember getting married, and I was faced with all these kinds of fears and like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have a whole wife right here. Wow. And I got to take care of her. And we got an apartment. But, Lord, we can't be, we can't be doing life in an apartment. I need a house. So I would go out and pray and be like, God, I know you got a house for me. Lord, you got a house. We got a house. It's the perfect house. And I would go believe and speak. Everything that I have right now is based on this premise. So why I say that is this. It works. It works. But not based on my word, based on his word. And what you've got to understand is you have to use your faith through believing and speaking. I've been believing and speaking over my kids. I've been just, Father, I thank you that Serge, Selena, and Diego are going to marry good people. I've been speaking that since they were babies. Be like, Lord, keep these suckers away from Selena, Lord God. <laughs> Father, they ain't going to keep them away. Keep these Jezebels away from my sons, Lord Jesus. Come and mess up their lives. No, Lord. Send the right women. Godly women. Come on. Keep these hood rats away, Lord Jesus. Rebuke the hood rats off of my... And I be holding Serge. He's a baby. And I'm over here speaking his wife. Speaking his life. Because I believe God's word. I'm speaking and believing things now that our church is going to see in the next five to ten years. Guys, this is the God kind of faith. Now, the last thing I want to leave you with is this. Be careful of thinking that knowing is enough. See, we have this issue in America, right, in the American church. We think because you know something, you got it. So we go to church and we learn something and we go, amen, boy, that service was awesome. Man, God did something. Why? Because you learned something? It's not enough to learn something. It's not enough to know something. The book of James teaches us this. Do not deceive yourself into thinking that just knowing is enough. He said you deceive yourself if you hear and do not become a doer. And this is American church. We deceive ourselves. We think we got it because we know it. And you think you got the blessings of God because you know about them. Let me tell you how foolish that is. Amen. How many of us in here, and let's all raise our hands, a little participation today. How many of you in here know that if you go to the gym every day and work out, you are going to lose weight? Come on, lift your hand. Everybody, come on. Some of y'all don't know that. Ooh, this is why God brought you to church today. Put your hand down. We all know that. Amen? Now, I'm not even going to ask how many of us are acting on what we know. But it's two different things. I wish just knowing that would give me abs. 
That would be so dope, right? Oh, working out would take care of my love handles? Oh, yes. And I walk out and God, oh my gosh. Knowledge is amazing. But have you noticed it doesn't work that way? Why do we think it does in the church? And you get so excited about a great word at church and you do nothing with it. And you go home and you tell your friends and you talk to your friends. Oh, this and that. Oh, the Bible says this and da, da, da. And that. But you ain't doing none of it. So there are some stop signs that you got to move past. Number one is you got to tell yourself it's not enough to know something. It's not enough to know that going to the gym is going to get me in better shape. You got to do something with that. Amen? It's not enough to know. Guess what has to happen? You got to move to the next step, which is to believe. You got to believe. Some of you don't believe the word of God. You don't believe the Bible. If you did, you'd live a lot different. Can I, can I help you real quick before I let you go? Some of you don't really believe there's a hell. Because you're living like you don't believe it's there. You know how I live? I live believing there's a hell. And I'm not above going there if I don't live right. You know what keeps me from sin? An understanding that there's a hell. You know what keeps me raising my kids right? I don't want my kids to go to hell. Some of you parent like hell's not real. Uh, Mijito will be all right. No, Mijito can go to hell. And as a parent, guess what? It's your job to show him the way to heaven. But can I tell you? You really don't believe in hell. That's why you're still tipping and tapping. One foot in, one foot in the world, one foot in the word. It doesn't work like that. If you believe there was a hell, why do you come to church every Sunday by yourself? Why do you not invite people to come to church? Pastor Charles says it like this. If somebody announced on CNN... We have found the gateway to heaven. And it is over in near Mexico City, near one of the pyramids. Archaeologists have found that there is a porthole that if you step through it, it'll take you right to heaven. You know what we would all do? We would all sell our things. We would do whatever we got, got to do to get plane tickets for every single family member that we have. And we would go into Mexico City. We would rent a car to go out to the Aztec pyramids there. And we would get everybody we know to go through that porthole. Amen? Amen. That's how to get to heaven? Let's go. But that's not how you get to heaven. You know what the gateways to heaven are around the world? The church. The church is the literal gateway to take people into the presence of God. We don't believe that, though, because if you believed it, you would bring people to church. Amen? Amen. You don't believe it even though you know it to be true. Remember, knowing is not believing. Are you tracking with me? You know going to the gym is going to take off them extra pounds, but you don't do it. You don't believe it even though you know it. You know that God is a healer. You know it up here, but you don't believe it. If you believed it, you would pray for the sick. See, there's a difference. So we got to move past knowing we got to go past believing because believing is not enough. The Bible says this, even Satan and his angels believe that Jesus is the son of God and yet they will not make it into heaven. Believing is not enough. You must move past believing into faith 
And what is faith? These guys got it. What is faith? So what does this mean to me today? The reason the Lord is having me share this with you today is for one specific reason. Some of you have stopped fighting for your dreams. You've stopped fighting for the things that you're believing God for. And some of you are simply believing it happens. Believing ain't going to get it done. Some of you are simply speaking what's going to happen. And I ain't got time to even mess with this foolishness called manifesting. You know, I hear this stuff on, on Instagram and, well, I'm manifesting my dreams. No, you're doing witchcraft. Because let me tell you something about manifesting. Don't believe that. All right? All it is is a perverted, twisted stealing of what God's word says in principle. And what these people say, well, I'm manifesting. They're saying, I can do this without God. And I'm not saying that. I'm saying I can do this with God. I want to leave you with this, with this last quote here uh, from my pastor, Pastor Charles Neiman. Uh, and, and, and this really sums up why it is so important to believe and speak. Look what it says right here. It says, our believing and our speaking becomes God's believing and speaking when we are believing and speaking what God has believed and spoken. <laughs> I know, just take a screenshot of it because that's deep. Because look what it says. It's basically saying this, when I believe and speak what God's word says, God is now in symphony, in chorus with what I'm saying. And so now the world has to obey because God's speaking it. Again, our believing and speaking becomes God's believing and speaking when we are believing and speaking what God has believed and spoken. Only Charles Neiman can come up with a quote like that. So here's my question to you today. What are you believing and speaking for? What do you believe? Now, this is why, guys, one of the main reasons we come to church. Because every Sunday I'm doing everything I can to feed you God's word. This is why every day you should be cracking open God's word. Because faith comes by hearing. You must feed your faith so that your faith can grow. And you must activate your faith by this thing right here. Your mouth. Because some of you have been doing it your whole life. But you've been doing it the wrong way. You've been operating in faith, but you've been operating in fear. Come on, how many were raised by somebody like that, right? You know, you, you, your mom would be, someone's always saying what's going to go wrong. Hey, mijo, mijo, be careful. You know, don't get hit by a car today. What? <laughs> mijo, just be careful. We'll get ran over. What? what? Why are you even thinking like that, mom? You know what I'm saying? You were raised by people always thinking the worst. All right, Mio, you're going on a trip. Mio, be careful that the plane doesn't crash. How am I supposed to do that, Mom? I'm not flying it. And it's always be careful. Be careful. Be careful. Because they're in fear that you're going to get hurt. You know how you should send your kids off? Hey, son. Go with God. You're going to be safe. You're going to be okay. God's got your back. God's protecting you. See you. Have a good day at school. Have a good day at school, son. God is with you. You're protected. That's what you should say. Not me. Be careful. Be careful. See, you see what I'm saying? You've been doing it your whole life, but with fear. Start believing and speaking good things. Listen, I want you to just close your eyes for a moment today. Why don't you just close your eyes? Because I want to reawaken your dreams. 
Some of you have stopped believing the word of God that says you can have whatever you pray for. That's what Jesus said. And Jesus cannot lie. You can have whatever you can believe and speak for. Some of you have stopped believing God's word and you've started believing your circumstance. You listen more to your trauma than you listen to God's word. Your trauma says you'll never be whole. You'll never think right. Your trauma says I'm making you mentally ill. And that's just the way it is. But God's word says, whatever you ask for in prayer, if you can believe and receive, if you can believe and speak, you can have what you're asking for. So with your eyes closed right now, I want you to bring up all your dreams, the dreams that you have, the things that you've let go. Some of you have started to believe you'll never break free from that addiction. Some of you have started to believe, well, I'll always be this way because you're listening to your feelings. No, listen to God and his word. So I want you to pull up those dreams. If you're believing for a house, it's time to start believing and speaking again. If you're believing for a spouse, it's time to believe and speak again. If you're believing for a mouse, no, I'm just joking. I'm just getting in rhymes. But whatever you're believing for, keep your eyes closed. Keep your eyes closed. Sorry, sorry. Whatever you're believing for, you can have if you can activate your believing and speaking. Now, Father, I just pray right now over every person in the sound of my voice because, Lord, I believe your word. I believe your word is greater than trauma. I believe your word is greater than my past. I believe your word is greater than what the doctor has said. Your word is even greater than the facts. And our faith is what overcomes the world. Our believing and speaking is what overcomes the world. Our believing and speaking overcomes the doctor's report. Our believing and speaking overcomes what's taking place in our body. Father, reignite the dreams of your people today and let them see that greater are you that is in us than he that's in the world. Just take a moment longer just pray right now that God will give you greater dreams and visions. Believe God. Believe God for the impossible. It's not impossible for you to go to college. It's not impossible for you to make more money. It's not impossible for you to go on a missions trip. It's not impossible for you to be in the ministry. Whatever you can believe God for, Everybody said, Amen. I think that this is your way of telling me something. Well, I hope you've been encouraged by the Word of God. And if you have, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast or download our free app at the App Store, and you can continue to get word every week from Elevate Life Church.